Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode two of the Brunch Brothers podcast. Today's title is ATP, which is the acronym for Addiction to Pornography, and I'm here joined by one of my dear, dear friends. Um, You'll find that a lot of my initial guests are dear friends of mine, because if you want to start anything in life, you start at home. So yeah, I'm going to be here talking to a dear friend of mine who goes by the name Julian Jordan, Um, and we've known each other for a number of years now. And I invited Julian on to, first of all, I, I didn't actually invite him, let me not lie, I posted on Instagram and other social networks and said who would like to be involved in, in this um, podcast because, you know, obviously the whole Brunch Brothers thing is, is, is a platform where we have conversations, uh, for brothers, honest conversations and everything. So first of all, welcome Julian. Hello. Um, no, no problem. <laughs> Thank you for being here. I really, really appreciate you being here. So today we are recording indoors. Um, we are currently at um, my offices and um, we're just, well, at, it's Friday today that we're recording. So I'm having my gin and juice because it's after 3 p.m. and I'm rather enjoying it. It's very nice. You've got your water. Exactly. So yeah, be sure to speak up a little bit, Julian. Don't forget. Yes. No. Exactly. No. With that velvety voice. <laughs> so you're going, you know, you're going to, you're going to drown into the ambience. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Cool. So today's today's topic that we're going to be discussing um, is it's a common thing, mm-hmm. um, and even more commonly unspoken about. You know, and for those that do speak about it, it's talked about like, yeah, it's fine, it's normal, it's all right, you know, kind of like, exactly, and all that kind of stuff. Whereas, um, I myself, uh, I'm an ATP sufferer, I'm not going to lie to you, okay? It's all about being honest here, Mm -hmm. and I'm not, like, I've I've had seasons where, like, I just don't look at pornography whatsoever, and I'm cool, and there's other seasons where, like, I will binge on it, and the thing about, about pornography is that you... No one knows that you do it. No one can yeah. know. No one can know for it's sure. Hidden, hidden. No one can know for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That you do it and everything. And I guess, I guess it's kind of like you know, like people who do drugs or whatever. Like you know, they know how to hide yeah. what they're doing, and it's it's something that can go easily unseen. However, the problem that that you find is that it's a huge risk because you you develop real problems. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to talk about today. Yeah. I want us to talk about the problems that we found, um, that we've developed mm. because of watching pornography. And then we're talking about pornography of any kind, so we're not like trying to pick a specific area. This is a this is a broad conversation about um, pornography. Full stop. Yeah. So I want us to address like the problems yeah. that we develop. I want us to address the types of things that we've both done. We can talk about what both of you and I have done individually. Um, to, to, to try and battle this because actually you and I have not had this conversation about pornography in seven years. We had a brief conversation but it was quite vague, I'm sure you'll agree because you were a lot younger at the time, you know, and just I just don't think it's a conversation that people are willing to have so candidly. So, I'm, I'm really grateful that you're here to share with us. So, first question I've got for you is what is your general view, your most honest mm-hmm. but general view on pornography? Um, I think it's it's almost like us trying to search for some sort of love or some sort of intimacy, um, but it's fake. Yeah. And I think it's wrong because I think it just kind of perverts what intimacy is. And what love is about like and I think it gives you options which in love 
technically you just pick that one person do you know what I mean what, what, that's what I believe anyways and um, so yeah so I think it's it's kind of like I don't know it is very well you, you feel like I know when, whenever it happens to me when I view it and, and do my business mm-hmm. afterwards you feel so guilty you feel so ashamed oh it's disgusting do you, do you know what I mean so I, I, <laughs> so and I think that that speaks volumes to what it is in the sense of it is a shameful it is something that yes yeah, I know it's blase to say that but it is a bit perverted to kind of watch someone else it's not a bit perverted it's very no, it perverted is, it is. it's perverted full stop and I, again it's not seen as that because it's yeah. like well you're looking at them through a screen mm-hmm. you know you don't know them yeah. and everyone and, does it everyone <laughs> does it and they've consented to it yeah. and they're an adult mm-hmm. and surely you know they're doing it because they love sex etc and whatever whereas you know one of the things that have really caused me to turn my to turn, sort of change my mind about my, my view on it is because you know before I mean I, I didn't think it was the, excuse me the right thing to do yeah. but at the same time I wasn't completely opposed to it mm-hmm. but one of the things that kind of like really brought brought me home was the fact that I was like okay this thing is filled with people who perhaps maybe they're not in the best financial situation so they're now compromising themselves like I don't know what suffering they're going through behind closed doors Mm -hmm. and then they might come and be like oh you know I love sex and it's Mm -hmm. calm and blah 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 but actually I don't entirely believe that because Mm -hmm. having having met some people who are affiliated to Mm -hmm. people who are important you know some of them are drugged up for instance Mm -hmm. during you know while they're doing what they're doing a lot of them are actually sort of under some sort of like a house arrest mm-hmm. so they have to do the work mm-hmm. you know and they have to look like they're enjoying it and because my work in the everyday world is about the well-being of people yeah. and I have come across people not people in porn but I have met people who have been sexually abused mm-hmm. and I'm like oh my god mm-hmm. I'm advocating for True. and condoning yeah. 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 sexual abuse but without really getting into all of that I want to talk about the effects that it has on us so what would you say has been the most noticeable effect for you over time from watching porn um I think first of all it's kind of normalised it even more so because mm-hmm. I think once you watch one thing you watch the next thing and it just escalates and you watch all different types of, of rubbish mm-hmm. um, just to kind of get that same high again mm-hmm. so for me it's kind of normalised it um, although the guilt and the shame is still there uh, I don't know especially but it's like, rationalised yeah and yeah. It's, it's almost like I've got to a point where it's like okay cool yeah it's done okay and because I'm like I don't know I've got to a stage where I'm trying to not dwell on it so I know that's good like not to kind of keep keep that guilt and keep that shame in that sense but at the same time I'm like okay am I being intentional about actually fighting this thing and, and you know allowing it to completely stop in that sense so yeah it just further desensitizes you to how perverted it actually is and what it's actually doing to your mind as well because I think for me as well like I always feel it's funny, I always catch myself, like, I'm like, why am I so tired? <laughs> and, 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 like, sometimes I'm in, like, an environment at, work, like, say, work or, or wherever, and then I'm just like, oh, okay, I know why I'm tired. 
you got me. You were up late. Yeah. Do you got me? Beating that meat. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that, yeah, it's just, yeah. So it's those things. And then also, I think for me, like, just personally, like, it, I don't even know the way, like, I started to view it and stuff. Like, it was randomly, like, I think someone at school, like, done and like, you know, like a gesture and yeah. stuff like that. And I was like, what is that? And then went home and discovered it for myself. And, and yeah, and then, like, I think it was just, for me, it was kind of like my getaway and it was kind of like my way of, I don't know, just releasing in that sense and just... How old were you when you first purposely I was, I was 12, mm. which I know for some people, like, I know some of my friends have said they started at, like, nine and, and all these things. Yeah, that's a bit young still. I mean, no, 12, 13 sounds about, I don't want to say normal, but it sounds more common. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and for me, like, growing up, like, in a sense of identity and, and kind of knowing myself and affirmation and kind of wanting love, like, this was kind of like a form of love, if you want to say that. Let's talk about, let's talk about that. So I want to, mm. because obviously I know about this is for the viewers. Mm. So what, what, what was that? I want you to describe the feeling that made you say, you know what, this can be my cushion. Mm. Talk us through that. Um, it was just kind of like my feel good place. So because I felt so bad about being me and, and didn't kind of want to be me at that time. Which is so weird for me to think about that now. Mm. Um, Why didn't you want to be you at the time? Um, I think it's because, like, as like being young and stuff like that, like, um, and just like at school, like, I'd have a lot. Of, like, I'd had a lot of insecurities in the sense of my manhood and, and who I was as a man and, and those types of things. So, I think I was trying to find all these other ways of, okay, how do I, how do I be a man? You know, I was trying to find it because I didn't have, I didn't grow up with my dad there. Um, he was here, there, here and there, but in the sense of having a relationship with him and learning from him, okay, this is the standard of how a man should be and, and those types of things. It was foreign, it wasn't there. Um, and I think I wasn't affirmed a lot in my identity as a man. Um, so yeah, so this was just kind of my, my way of being like, okay, is this what men do is this what I, I should which is so messed up because I was one of those people where like I just I didn't even want to have sex before marriage and and that, you know like I had still that haven't had sex yeah and I had right. that within my within myself like from from young so to then go to that and yeah yeah and that be my outlet if you like. I have an interesting question mm-hmm. so do you feel that sex is going to be weird for you I feel like it's robbed me ever so slightly because I don't know. There's the one. There's all these worries in the sense of, uh, will it, will it be as fulfilling as everyone says it is? Because I don't know now. Like it's just, it's like a quick fix. It's it's not. You think, I know it is. I know people have described that it is different. Um, but I, d- I don't know. Just in my head, like I think as well. Where in the sense of sex, I've always related it to that. You know, pornography and my whole, whole journey with that whole thing. So it's always been a kind of digital mm. kind of mindset and, and view or image um so real so when it becomes so real life real, intimacy that's that there's a barrier there yeah. would you say i i think it's yeah like it's, it's weird now as well because when i even think about i don't know if this is related necessarily but um i think it's 
I really I'm looking like in the sense of like love and relationships like that I'm really looking for something that kind of sparks me and and you know hits me in a different way and I'm almost scared will that happen because I'm just so desen- desensitized to I don't know intimacy and, and those types of things okay so that's really that's really powerful man and I tell you this you are not the only person who feels that way mm-hmm. um, on the other hand I have had sex I've had plenty of sex actually and there is a difference mm-hmm. between pornography and having sex mm-hmm. but what I will say yeah. is that the por- porn does affect okay. sex works, it does yes because because pornography kind of sets these expectations and so it's like when you when you watch it again and again and again mm-hmm. again and again and again mm-hmm. And then it's, you're now in the space where you're like, oh snap, I've actually got to do this for real now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then like, you know, every every person's different. Mm-hmm. So you've got to get used to their body. Yeah. And you've got to understand it. Yeah. You know, and you have to create a comfortability between the two of you. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, with porn, it's like, you know, your hand is the same size it was two days ago. Mm-hmm. And your penis is the same size it was two days ago. And you know your sweet spots. You know your erogenous zones. So you know that you can put, it's like a code. Yeah. You know the code to type and then you bust your nut and you're done. And you roll over and go to sleep, yeah. right? So with this new person, it's like, oh my God, okay. Um, you know, how do I, how do we, how do we do this? And then on top of that, it's saying like, you know, the person's quite fluid and really like happy to try things and whatever. Mm. And then you kind of try and like emulate these things, but it's like, you have to realize that, well, you'll learn anyway. That's all these sex positions they show you on porn, right? They are mad uncomfortable. It looks good on camera, but it is so uncomfortable. You think to yourself, how are these people doing this? You know? And a lot of it is, is, is very um, falsified. And so that's one thing that a lot of people don't realize and they've allowed it to become normal whilst ignoring the falsehood yeah. of it and how pretty much unattainable that is. It's just a fantasy, I guess. Pretty much, pretty much. Okay, so where, where are you now? Um, so I'm still dealing with it, but I think... Um, the change that has come or that is um, is that I feel like I'm being a lot more intentional with dealing with the root of the problem and I think it's again it's just um, the whole thing with mannered and just I think it, it kind of got perverted along the way and I think now I'm I'm like okay cool let me deal with how I see myself as a man um, it's like you like, I don't know it's weird why, why different people get into get, get into it and stuff like that but I think for me it was just I was searching for manhood and stuff like that and I guess I don't know just certain things I don't as I guess ugh, the the man in, in, in most senses kind of dominates in in the, that realm and in that industry mm-hmm. um, so I guess it shows it's so weird but it just shows that kind of no I can I can relate to that because that's true. I, I remember when we talked about this all those years ago, which I have to commend you because you were like 19 years old at the time, yeah. and you really opened up and, and, and said what it was, how it was, which I think is great. Um, we did address that whole thing about it being about manhood, power, yeah. in, you know, in a way. Um, and it's almost kind of like trying to prove something. Yeah. It's almost like vengeance, mm. you know, and it's kind of it's vengeance against the culture that made you feel less of a man. Mm. Vengeance against the mm. culture that that emasculated you. Yeah. Vengeance uh, um, towards those who who 
didn't give you the affirmation yeah. that you needed and that you deserved. Yeah. Because essentially, as children, we don't ask to get into this world. We don't ask to come here. So when we do get here, just treat us right and say and do the right things. But it obviously, we know that. You know, I know that your parents love you. My parents love me. Mm. But then, you know, some of the missteps yeah. in their parenthood mm. are largely also at the root yeah. mm-hmm. you know so okay I just want to expand on that a little bit more the whole root cause because for all the guys listening you know I know that people think that it's just a matter of I'll, I'll put like a child lock mm. on my internet at mm. home and I'll take off you know the over 18 settings on my on my, on my, you know my phone provider or whatever um, and then I'll just starve myself mm. but you and I can both agree I'm sure that that doesn't actually work you know, let me tell you something, right? <laughs> let me get really real, okay? Right? There was a place where I, where I was staying once, and their internet was locked, okay. so you couldn't go on porn, right? I stayed there for a few days, and I was like, you know what? I, I, I'm comfortable in this space now. Let me just let me just have, you know knock one out or whatever. And the internet was locked, so I went to Twitter. You can find anything on Twitter. Yes, there is a whole backyard. Tumblr. Oh yeah, Tumblr. Yeah, oh yeah, well, yeah, well there we go, right? <laughs> I used to use Tumblr, but but then I just do I felt, I felt like Tumblr wasn't explicit enough for me. Well I know, and I know Tumblr's quite colourful. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on there. But no, I I um I know I, I would go to Twitter and you know, videos of two minutes and twenty seconds, you can pretty much measure your you know, your thing mm-hmm. at that point and you you know, you come at two ten, last ten seconds, you're guilty, but let me just finish that. Okay, we're done. And then you're good. So there is always a way. That's the point I'm trying to make. There's always a way. <laughs> the day my mother listens to this. Anyway, um, there's always a way. Yeah. There's always a way to 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 to, to find that fix, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it's like any other drug. Mm-hmm. Um, what we avoid doing is looking at the real cause, like yeah. what actually happened at the start, what made it begin. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm gonna share a little something. Mm-hmm. So for me, my sexual perversion began when I was eight years old. I didn't watch porn at eight years old, but I was sexually abused at eight years old. Um, it was three different people, and they were all men. And I didn't know what to make of it. I was a child, of course. Didn't know what to make of it. And I had seen how other relatives of mine who had been abused were treated when they said something. They were often asked, "Why? what took you so long to say something? You must have liked it. Now, at my age, I think, how, how could you say that? Mm. How could you possibly say that? Because for me, I kept it to myself for a long time, and it really began to eat at me, and I, I, would, I would struggle to develop real relationships. And then on top of that, something that added on was that girls always rejected me. When I was growing up, they always rejected me. I was always getting told no. And, you know, some of the other boys who were cooler at school, you know, they would really show me that I'm cooler than you. You know, that there'll be a girl I'm talking to, and then, like, one of them straight up, so I'm talking to her, you're going, put his arm right around her and whisper in her ear, and all these things. And at this point, we are children. We are children. I'm talking nine years old, ten years old. You know, and nobody was paying attention to that because in their eyes it's like, oh, they're children. Mm. Yes. Right. But by eight, but by nine years old, I had had my penis stroked. I had never stroked my own penis at that age. I, someone else did. Like, it, it's mad. Yeah. 
I think on it now, <laughs> and I'm like, what? Mm. So, I look back on it and I think, okay, it started off with the molestation, and then rejection, mm. and then my family broke down, and then we moved countries, mm. and then I didn't fit in my new environment. Mm. The desperation grew and grew and grew and grew. By the time I discovered pornography, I didn't know what to do with it at first. I just knew that it was kind of like, oh wow. But the first time I masturbated, it was by accident. Okay. I was at home and the, the, the thing was we take a bath in the nighttime. You see, you know, cream myself, put in pajamas. I remember one time um, I came out of the bath and I was creaming myself and I was, I was aroused. Mm. But I was like 12 mm. years old. There was no pornography involved in this. Yeah. And, I, and I, I rubbed myself in a way that I thought, oh, what's that? Mm. It was brand new feeling, and then I and then I had like I had the moment. Yeah. I was like, "What was that?" Yeah. It was like this world just burst open to me, and I was like, "What was that?" And then like two years later, right, my sister's friends lent me and someone else, I won't say who, <laughs> videotapes, yeah. pornography, and we would sit there and watch it, and like I'd have a hard one, and I'm like, "Okay." What do I do with it? And then when I put two and two together, finished. Finished, because we've got all these things. We've got violation, we've got betrayal, we've got disappointment, we've got loneliness, we've got rejection, we've got displacement, we've got culture shock. All those things. And in that few minutes before I go to bed, it was like euphoria mm. and it was normal for me, it was okay. And then I grew up and began to be faced with real sort of relational challenges. Yeah. And it's like, okay, this can't fit. Mm-hmm. This can't fit because if I'm gonna get into a relationship, I can't really, especially because of our culture mm. and with our, with our uh, Christian beliefs, mm. I can't really turn around to your woman and be like, yo, like, let's watch this together. You know what I mean? Mm. It's just not something that, that would make sense. So they would have to start hiding it. Yeah. And I never ever wanted to hide. Same. Like, you know me, like, I'm like, I think it's because as well, like, you, you want to be as honest as you can as a person and keep your um, the authenticity. And I think this one thing, yeah, I always say it's like the one thing that I'm just like, Mm. And it's it's funny because like literally just this morning I was just thinking because I try I'm trying to journal more, more so um, of late and I was like okay how do I actually feel about this and, and you know because I mean we were, we were gonna talk about it, so I was like how do I actually feel about this and let me process this properly and there's an I'm not an, like you you've never seen me be angry um, I do get frustrated but like never angry and I I. There's a, I feel like there's a deep frustration, a deep anger that's that's down there. I think it's like more like a rage. Yeah, but I think it's because it's almost like, oh, this is not fair. But mm. you can't look at it like that. I know as much as obviously like it, it's not nice, you know, the situations that we we've got in and so many other people have have experienced. Because um, I, I obviously I'm looking in relation to God. Obviously, it's like. You know, if he has allowed that to happen, 
he can also allow you to come out of it as well. Um, but I, I know it's, it's just teaching me that. Oh, sorry, as I was, yeah, sorry, as I was meditating and just going through it, like, I just realized that anger then. I was like, wow, like, what is that related to? And it's, it's related to the whole fact of me as a child, like, just wanting to be accepted as, like, I'm a boy, like, I'm a man, like, this is me. And that whole feeling of feeling less of a man. Mm. Our society puts it on us in the sense of, like, our emotions and those types of things, um, you know, telling us to suppress them and stuff. And although that that hasn't, thankfully, that hasn't always been my story. Mm. Um, of late, though, I've realised it does. You do do it, like subconsciously. Like sometimes you just suppress those things. And I think that's when I've realised, wow, okay, that anger's there mm. concerning that specific thing. So mm-hmm. it's something that we just have to really have to deal with. Yeah, and just see that you know, like for example, like just certain things that um, our society says is okay. This is what makes a man. Da, 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 da. One, it's coming from like a lost identity, mm-hmm. um, something that's not even true, uh, and it's not rooted in anything solid. Exactly. So, and then we're trying to put our trust or put our, our confidence in that, mm-hmm. but it's failing us. Mm-hmm. And then when someone, when we do think, like for example, like I think for me, like I, I feel like I. As a, as and when I ever become a father, like I feel like I, I have a very nurturing character, mm-hmm. and that's that's not seen as manly necessarily. No, that's it's not because I, I I struggle with that. Mm. I've struggled with people questioning my masculinity, mm. my sexuality, because of how nurturing I am, mm. and I just feel like um, I'm supposed to be nurturing. Mm. If I'm nurturing, it's because I'm supposed to be nurturing. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, not because of what my sexual orientation is mm. or the level of masculinity. I really believe mm. that my nurture, my nurturing nature, is because I'm I'm just like that. You know, and it's weakness. I'm yeah. Not but then here's here's another perspective. I'm sure you can chime in on this. A lot of people who look down on males who have sort of like a dominant nurturing Mm. character Mm. they are seen as no well not seen as a lot of people are envious that they can't tap in to that that for themselves Mm. you know Mm. Um, and I noticed this more so when I got older because the older people get the freer they are to talk and I'll never forget there's a guy who um, I used to go to church with years ago and um, I'll never forget it was 2007 and I was on MSN um, for those of you listening who don't know what <laughs> MSN is it's basically like the 90s and early 2000s version of Messenger on Facebook or WhatsApp um, more like WhatsApp actually yeah yeah. and so I'm, we're typing typing away and, and he asked me he goes why why do you always go to people's house and cook for them mm. And I said, I like to embrace people. Mm. And while that is true, yes, I do like to embrace people, but at the same time, I was trying to build my alliances because I knew that I didn't fit in. Okay. So I was like, you know what, maybe if I expose my nurturing side mm-hmm. and just kind of show that I'm not out here to actually get anything, but actually I'm here to add value to your life, perhaps you'll accept me more easily. That's where it started from, right? And so I said to him, oh, because I, f- I just like to embrace people. And he turned around to me and said, have you ever thought that maybe nobody wants to embrace you? And I sat at that screen shocked and flabbergasted I hope you hear this one day you're related to people that I work with so you better just be listening because you really have my feelings and 
don't to this day I don't appreciate it. Um, even though a year later he came to me and said, "I'm really sorry for how I've treated you. I'm really sorry." And I had a theory, and I said maybe he's like that because he, he his character doesn't allow him to be perhaps as extroverted mm. as I am. His character doesn't allow him to be as free mm. and vulnerable. And vulnerable, right? You know, due to the same ills. Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm. I just have different symptoms. Mm. Mm. He has different symptoms, mm. but his mm. symptoms really messed with my emotional process because I was like, wow, you shot me down, bro. Yeah. Shot me down. I was like 18 or 19 years old when that happened. Mm. One of the most horrible, horrible conversations. I remember it to this day. Mm. And I was at church when I read it. So I'm just, and, and I'm just like, we're in church mm. and we have to see each other. Mm. And we even to some, to some degree have to work together. You know, it really cut me. And that for me before i realized that maybe people who do that have a certain as i have a unidentified admiration mm. for that openness and vulnerability you know they wish they could be that yeah mm. you know one could say it's an assumption mm. you know but i really strongly believe that is true because as I've gotten even older, now at 30 years old, this I talk, you know, men open up to me about all sorts of things, yeah. and in opening up to me, they are like, "Listen, Cass, I wish I could open up the way you do. I wish I was as warm as you do." Now at my age, like men come up to me in broad daylight in public, and they hold me like they're holding life. But that's only come to me because I've really just embraced who I am, and I haven't given excuses for it. You know what I mean? Um, but I, go on. I was gonna say, do you feel like that's them, the boy in them that is crying out for them? Absolutely, absolutely. And I have talked about this with some of them, and they agree. You know, um, I, I've asked that question, and sometimes it feels intrusive mm. and rude mm. to ask that because it, it almost sounds like as if you're sort of emaciating yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like you know, sort of giving yourself this messianic sort of, you know. Right, right, right. But it's a lot of them. It's like, and I feel it. Mm. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an empathetic person, and I feel it. It's a bit draining. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it is. But yeah, it, it is. It it's, is. It's good. It's good training. Yeah, it's a good gym. But I think, I think a lot of the times, you know, that that whole question on on masculinity and sexuality and all right. those types of things, you know, comes from a place of emotional lack mm. and an emotional uh, misunderstanding. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the time and it really sucks mm. it really really sucks for them but it sucks for us too because we end up if you if you don't know yourself yet you end up really hurting about yeah. it you yeah. know like that guy who said what he said to me back in 2007 to this day 2018 i remember he said to me have you ever thought that maybe nobody wants to embrace you i could never dream of saying such a vile thing about to a person And it all ties into that, I want to feel accepted and I want to feel good. At that time though, I didn't have the porn problem. But that those uh, uh, occasions and those occurrences were building up. So when I was let loose on that porn again, it was wild. When we spoke about this, I last time, I actually wasn't really on it like that. I really wasn't watching porn like that. Um, and at the time, I spoke from a place of when I used to, yeah, because that was the case. Yeah. At the time, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, jacking off for the nation. And then after a while, 
those frustrations grew and I realized that for me it was it's also anger mm. to a degree mm. and um, I'm constantly having to address the, the different things okay. that have placed deep-seated anger mm. anger caused by unfulfillment mm. unfulfillment of desires of things that I want to do things that I want to achieve and perhaps it's taken longer and it always somehow goes back to that earlier day when that first girl said no when my mum refused me that hug and after having a bad day when I was age 8 when I found out that my dad was cheating when I you know was when I was violated it all goes back to that place and then the the, 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 the main thing that has been kind of like the communication route quick fix but not a long term fix mm. is to put on a little video mm. and beat the meat mm. I guess but I always say like it's like all of this stuff is just like the I don't know the leaves on the on the tree mm. or the branches like it's not or it's not the root mm. of the problem so that's why for me it's just so important like people that know me I always try and go back to okay, what's the root of this? Why? Because I love to understand people. Like, why do you do what you do? So it's the same. Like, why am I doing this? What do I believe? What lie have I embraced that's allowed me to somehow pervert how I feel and and want? Okay, I need mm, this. Mm, you know, and mm. again, like like you said, to feel accepted, to feel loved, to to feel some sort. of intimacy or even just to feel better because mm. sometimes you you'll catch yourself and you'll feel down or you're like i always say don't make a decision if you're emotional hungry oh, yeah or tired right <laughs> oh yeah don't do it <laughs> or drunk or high yeah, mm-hmm. for those who take part in drinking alcohol and for those who take narcotics um, listen everyone's <laughs> listening to this okay yeah, we're here to be real okay um, <laughs> because because you end up making the wrong decision. Yeah, um, yeah. And normally, yeah, when you feel like emotional and and again, like so, yeah, from a man's point of man's point of view, like you, our, our society and a lot of my friends that I know, like they don't know how to communicate their emotions and their, and how they feel. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of them just say how they think, but not how they feel. Right, of course. Um, it's, but they express that in other ways, and sometimes porn can be that way of expressing it. But the thing is, like, an ejaculation is like the embodiment of satisfaction. Mm, mm, so, like, you can, you can, you can have, I don't know, lost your job, but mm, when you pass, it still feels good. Mm. Like, it's not. But I just feel like it's a circle, though, because it is. Then but we keep going back, feel, though. You feel like, ugh. Yeah, I'm and then back you, here again. Yeah, and then you, and then, and okay, I'm gonna mention something. I'm gonna say something, right? And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who's thought this, right? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you're in the same boat too, right? So just as much as you feel disgusting, has there ever been a point where you've kind of like taught yourself to fast forward that disgusting feeling so you can do it again? I think I just blank over it. I'm just like, boom, boom, mm-hmm. same thing, really. Mm-hmm. Sort of recover. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the thing is, you know, you're trying to prolong that yeah. that feeling. 100%. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like it really it embo- it covers over things like disappointment, mm-hmm. sadness, um, anxiety, mm-hmm. and like I said, unfulfillment. Yeah, that's my thing. But the thing is, no one is talking about pornography in this way. I could give you some yeah. scientific facts, yeah. right? Yeah. Which are also which are, which are also very important. For example, um, dopamine, yeah. natural drug that mm-hmm. our, our, our body creates. Um, and when you 
when you have when you do something self that's very fulfilling, mm-hmm. you know, dopamine is released and you feel good. When you engage yeah. in relationship, not even just sexual mm-hmm. or romantic, but just in general, like if it feels good, yeah. that's dopamine. Mm-hmm. You know? Exercise. Well. E- exactly. Exercise releases eat. exactly all that stuff. And so you get like these uh, doses of dopamine. But just like any drug, the more you take, mm-hmm. the less effective it is, so the more you need. So that's the scientific side in a nutshell, do you know what I mean? But on a spiritual level, it's the same thing. On an emotional level, it's the same thing. Nobody I, that I know of, forgive me guys, listen, write me if you feel like I'm, I'm, I'm not being thorough about this or if you feel like I'm not being accurate. But I really don't believe that people are talking about pornography in this way and, and the effects of it and the root of it, you know? Yeah, you know, there's a scientific aspect and a lot of people believe in science and I, I do too. Um, but I, I, I think it's important to acknowledge on a on an emotional level, which is what Project Brothers is all about, addressing mm. emotion. What is it? What is it? Mm. What is it? Because you can you can if I, I can say to you, bro, like, why do you watch porn? And you can turn around and say, Oh, it's normal, everyone does it. That's not a reason. That's not a reason. That's a segue, that's an excuse, that's a bridge to go into another conversation. Like that is that is not that is not a reason. You know? It sounds more complex, but I can tell you that I watched and watched porn due to certain areas of inadequacy mm-hmm. and unfulfillment. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because those same rejections from age nine, age ten. You know, I'm not mad at the person at all, but the effect of what they did still lives with me. And as much as I can really grow through that, and, and one has in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but sometimes you just get that trigger. Mm-hmm. You have that one trigger, mm-hmm. you know, and the next thing you know, you're sort of rolling down the hill mm-hmm. and, you, and you have to start all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's why, yeah, that's why I think it's, it's important now to, to be intentional mm-hmm. um, about one finding out, okay, what is actually why am I doing what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and then actively like seeking, because I think as well, like a lot of people, we don't know like what manhood is. And from my from my perspective, of why I do it, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's now kind of addressing those identity issues and mm-hmm. really dealing with it, um, speaking over yourself. You know, would you agree that our brothers don't want to admit that they have an identity identity issue? I think one of sometimes we don't know and then sometimes we do know but yeah we just we don't want to be told that i believe that we know okay i'll just deep down i believe that deep down we know i really do i believe that we know and dare anyone else try to come and say that to us like it's not gonna go down well but i really believe that we know and so as a result what we've done is we've skated around it because we're trying to avoid fights or to fight someone, we're trying to avoid thumping someone in the face or getting thumped in the face. Mm-hmm. I, th- I feel like we're avoiding um, offense. Mm-hmm. We're avoiding offending people. We're avoiding doing to them what we feel has been done to us all along, i.e., being emasculated, mm-hmm. being manipulated, being misled. Okay, that's m- that's my genuine belief. Okay. I believe that a lot of us have had identity crises. I had an identity crisis when I was 14 years old. I'm a, I'm, I'm a you know, young teenager, moved from Zimbabwe three years prior, four years prior, sorry. 
um, grew up in a black country, black-led, um, black culture, moved to a white country with mixtures of every other culture, still not fitting in, then moved to Kent, where there were just white people, experienced racism properly for the first time, my dad disappeared, he was still being unfaithful, we were no longer rich, who am I? People were calling me all kinds of names, sissy, poof, this, that, I liked girls, they were telling me no, who am I? To some people it's like, oh it's just kids being kids and it's just growing up, no bro, like that was... That, that, that. The words are powerful. Very powerful. I think as well, like, it's, it's mad because you go, like me, I go back to that place where, like, people are like, oh, you sound like a girl. Or, um, yeah, just, just all the, just these bad comments that, again, make you, you less of a man. And then it's mad because you're just like, no. Like, in your head, like, no, I know that's not me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know that, you know that, yeah, you do know. Like for me, I've, you know, <laughs> the things that people have so boldly said to me in, the, in Assumption, and I'm just like, that's not me. And then, but then they, they really join together in consensus and push for that because that's, that's as far as their mind can go. That's as deep as their understanding can go. But, but then again, I, I feel that I don't, I don't blame them to some extent because, again, like, it's an image that they've grown up with mm-hmm. and that they've been taught. That's a wrong image. Well, to a degree, we believed in that image until yeah, and, until yeah. we got challenged yeah. by being, you know, the sufferers, if you like. Yeah. You know? And so, so, so some people might be like, oh, it's not that deep, guys. It's just a bit of porn, you know, a bit of porn hub, blah, blah, blah. But it's actually like, no, <laughs> it's a lot deeper than that. I... It boils down to those core moments when you're a child. Mm. Because the thing is, if you have all the right things put in place in your life, you know, which there's no perfect way to do it, there's no right way to do it per se, but if certain things are put in place in the correct way, someone can show you porn and you can just be like, okay, cool, it's not really for me. Mm-hmm. You can understand what it does, but it's like, it's not really for me. So for example, people who are well educated in the consumption of alcohol and the consumption of, and, and the consumption of certain drugs and whatever, you can put drugs in front of them and they legit just like, no, that's not for me, thanks. Like, simple. And I really believe it's the same thing. And I feel like the problem is deepened, and feel free to chime in on this, I feel like the problem is deepened when we're confronted in certain occasions, on certain occasions about, about our problem, whether it's by another person or by life itself, and then we deny it. Yeah, because we build up this whole identity on, and confidence in that identity. That, yeah. No, this is who I am. Right. These are the things that makes me a man, what makes me, you know me. Right. Even though you know that if you said it out loud, you sound, you sound like an absolute fool. Yeah. 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 God, we could go on about this forever. We really, really could. But um, I'd like you to—I mean, I want you to share some tips on how our brothers out there can deal with it, with this sort of thing. I mean, one of the things that I picked up on you saying, obviously going back to the root problem, which I completely agree on. Could you just kind of give two simple things that you could recommend to our listeners to say, "Listen, man, you know, give this a shot, and perhaps maybe you might find your way out of this thing." Um. I think it's, so like I, I was saying again, like, identity, like, know who you are and know 
your purpose and what you're meant to do because everyone is different and they're created different and everyone is so complex and expresses themselves in different ways so never compare yourself to anyone else um, learn to love you mm. because I think when, when, when you can do that one you can appreciate others and then two like you just you're just not I don't you know yourself well enough that when that temptation comes to do certain things it, do, it doesn't like you were just saying like it just doesn't phase you no more mm. because it's like no I'm, I'm better than that. Mm. I'm past that mm. you know I'm I'm moving on from this um, and I think just be really disciplined like that's one thing I'm really trying to do of late like when I was um, just studying and going into like manhood and, and just trying to fix this issue like one thing that I've noticed and it's so funny my, my youth leader said it like ages ago when I was in my teens like um, what makes a man a man is the principles that he stands upon um, and one of those principles was um, self-control so that's just again like let your definition of what a man is be based on those types of virtues and those types of things not necessarily like how much you can bench <laughs> or how many girls you can get well this or, is it and, the, and those, those that's currently the gauge yeah. for a lot of men so a lot of men there's a young man who follows me on instagram and, I, and he was and he's doing so well <laughs> i hope you listen to this as well because i'm not going to say your name and bait you out but i know you know who you are he benches and he transformed his body like wow the kid looks incredible yeah. and i said to him so like you know what's the what's the driving force mm. because it's quite inspiring this yeah. is great mm. what's the driving force and whatever and he says respect and girls mm. and he's very very serious he's not even mm. saying it to try and sound cool yeah, yeah, yeah. like genuinely genuinely he is driven by his desire to be respected and to get girls yeah. He probably watches porn too. Wow. It's so crazy. Listen, guys, um, please feel free to get in touch. You know, with myself, Ajani Kingdom, on Instagram, A J A N I K I N G D O M. And uh, if you guys have any questions, um, or if you just want to like talk some more about what you've heard in this in this podcast episode, and. Um, when we do Brunch Brothers, we would love to see you there. So if you do follow me on Instagram, just send me your full name and your email address and I can put you on the get on the waiting list. We actually have a long waiting list now for Brunch Brothers. So like it's pretty, this, this thing pretty well. Um, we're launching in our first school in September this year. So looking forward to that. We really want to teach young men how to address their emotions from a younger age, which I think we've done We've done quite a good job in our journey so far. You know, um, we've had we're very, we've been very fortunate, you and I, to have people around us who can accommodate that growth. So we've been lucky, but not all the mandem out there are, are, are as blessed to have that access to people who can listen and people who genuinely care. So, you know, get in touch and let's talk. Julian, do you want to share with them where they can find you online? Um, so it's currently on Instagram. Um, I am Julian Jordan. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's the main yeah. thing. I know Twitter as well. Brilliant. Same. So yeah, any questions, any comments, anything, you know, do you agree, do you disagree? What input do you have? You know, I think it'll be good to have a follow-up episode of this one day. But thank you for coming through and thank you for being brave to share. You know me, I'm, I'm ready to share already. Like, you know, I'm leading the charge because I can't talk about, you know, let's get emotionally intelligent if I'm, if I'm not willing to open up and speak. So I'm so glad I got to have this conversation. 
Um, although we are still in, you know, sort of dealing with those uh, issues of ATP, um, I feel like we've still grown in our knowledge, which makes me feel less bad actually. <laughs> but I want to stop altogether. So um, I'll let you guys know. You know, um, just don't ask me in public or on a red carpet or on road because uh, yeah, it's not gonna go down well. But yeah, <laughs> this has been. Brunch Brothers Podcast, episode two, with my wonderful guest and dear friend Julian Jordan. I've been King Casajani, and you guys have been absolutely wonderful. I hope that you guys are touched. I hope you guys are blessed, and you guys, um, you know, take something that can help you grow. Um, and I hope that we can relate. We've related to some of you guys out there. And again, feel free to reach out, talk to us, and uh, we will catch you on the flip side. Peace and love. Peace. <laughs>